Hello, I'm Elliot Knight, Director of the Alabama State Council on the Arts. Welcome to Alabama Arts Radio. Each week, Council staff will introduce you to exceptional artists and special people who make the arts happen in Alabama. Alabama Arts Radio features the visual, performing, literary, and folk arts that contribute to our state's rich cultural heritage. Join us each Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central to explore the diverse and dynamic arts landscape in Alabama. everyone. I'm Rosemary Johnson. I'm the executive director of the Alabama Dance Council, which is a statewide service organization for the dance community. We work in partnership with the Alabama State Council on the Arts. I have with me today Tanya Weidman Davis and Thaddeus Davis, who are co-directors of Weidman Davis Dance. And uh, This is part two of our conversation about their work here in Alabama. And uh, during part one, we talked about how through the Monuments Project funded by the Mellon Foundation, that they have been able to come to Alabama for an extended residency of 12 months, first here in Montgomery, and then next year in Harpersville. So we had gotten through the, the first phase of the project here in Montgomery and ended in early September with the performance of Migratus Adoraxia. And now what have you been doing here in phase two, which has been, you know, sort of since the end of October uh, through today. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the wonderful thing about this grant is the Mellon Monuments Project allowed us to conceive of coming to community and really thinking about how we could come in and give something to community. So not just come in and leave and do these performances in these sessions, but like monetary value. So we decided that it would be great post-COVID to give 10 artists the opportunity to apply for fellowships for their own work so to create something and we would give these 10 artists five thousand dollars to make so they're really maker fellowships and what we've been doing in phase two is curating sessions for these fellowship artists so that they can start to create community And we're working with our researcher, Nicholas Oscar Sparks, who has done research on Montgomery. He's gone to the Montgomery archives and pulled out information that might behoove us in the way that we're thinking about enlivening black life as a monument. And so he's given us access to the archive material that he's researched. And also, Jim Pepler took these images in... uh, the early 1960s of black life in Montgomery. And we've been utilizing some of those images to create content for our dance performances. We've been taking those images and sculpting them in ways where we look at the image, take the image, and then create movement off of those images. So the, during the six weeks of this phase two, 
we've had sessions with the fellows, the 10 fellows. I think we've had four sessions with them. Uh, one of them, one of the sessions was visualizing Black Montgomery. Another session was what is a monument? And then another set session that's really like, you know, professional development in some sense, like how do we put our best foot forward and better and learn how to improve ap the application process. Yeah. So one of the things that we know as artists ourselves is that artists sometimes have difficulties in the application process. Someone has wonderful work, they're doing amazing things with their work, but getting that amazement on paper or getting that amazement in a video or getting that amazement across to a panel who's reviewing the materials, that's sometimes where it falls. And so artists find themselves not able to find resources to continue to make their work. So we wanted to be able to be in service beyond just the art making process, but some nuts and bolts of how to improve an application. So CV, um, bios, bio, um, what should be put in a bio, work samples, artist statements, these kinds of things that no one really tells us about <laughs> as artists when we're, when we're busy at the craft of making the art, but that we need to have knowledge of. We don't have to be perfect at it. We have to have enough information to be able to know what makes our application um, a strong competitive application. Um, so those sorts of workshops, and of course that professional workshop, I'm talking a lot about it, it is not the most important one, but it is important if we expect to continue to be able to support ourselves financially as, as artists. And so in this Visualizing Black Montgomery workshop, as Tanya stated, we used the images of Jim Pepler, who was a photographer here with the Southern Courier, a newspaper that was in Montgomery, that didn't last but maybe three or four years. Um, but he took images of the nightlife here in Montgomery at the Lacoste Club and the Elks Club, um, people that lived in Newtown, which is on the north south side of Montgomery. And, and just everyday life images of black people beyond the civil rights movement and that kind of thing that was going on during that time. And taking a still image and really trying to un let it thaw out. What happened before that picture was snapped? And what did that picture, what, led it, what happened after that frozen image would thaw out? And putting some new energy around that to kind of be the future of that image. So that image is taken in 1960. What would that movement be? in 2022 and how can we use those images as a research space to launch us into our creative uh, making. And so these fellows that you are working with, are they all dance artists or tell? No, that was the big component of this grant. We did not want it to be all dance artists. We wanted it to be interdisciplinary. So we have a lot of visual artists, actually. We have an uh, actor, we have spoken word poet, we have a dance artist. We also have an artist who works in poetry, but also is a trained dancer. So she herself is a multidisciplinary artist. So it's really across the board. We have less actually dancers than we have any other artistic medium in this fellowship cohort. So we're also associate professors at the University of South Carolina, two departments, Department of African American Studies and the Theater and Dance Department. And so, you know, there's 
one of the things that, that we, I should say for myself, one of the things that I've recognized that I've just lived, but I've recognized through preparing for African-American studies courses that I teach is the interdisciplinary existence of black life. That when you're making things happen, it's never usually the ideal circumstances. You're working with what you have to make something become something more than what it was. The whole notions of someone eating chitlins was never about you actually wanted to eat the chitlins. <laughs> you were making do with what the scraps were pig ears and all those different parts of the swine that we've learned that maybe we shouldn't eat so much of, but somehow got made a delicacy because that was what they had to eat. And so the African-American existence is about that, making this, these, it's interdisciplinary. And so what we are interested in doing is having artists from different disciplines in conversation with each other, not to make a work or make a showing that's about monuments, but to make work in the context of having a conversations about monuments, so that the conversation will influence you to make something, and hopefully it'll be in the direction of the conversations that we've had. And the fellowship artists are looking at all of the research that we're looking at, Weidman Davis Dance is looking at. So we're all tangling with this pool of information and what comes out of it, we don't know, in these multiple mediums of artistic uh, imagination. And, you know, it's like Jim Pepler's images, which are like, I don't know if it's like 10,000, but it's like this huge catalog that's here in the archives, in the state archives in Alabama. And it's just so incredibly beautiful to see everyday life, people just on the street, people in nightclubs, you know, and dealing with the idea of respectability politics in the 1960s, the nightclub was probably not where you wanted to have flashed across as representation of what life was like for black people. They're just having a good time. They're happy being in segregated existence. But to go back and look at these images and you go, wow, there was such beauty in the life in Montgomery. There was queer life in Montgomery for black folks in the 1960s in these images. You can clearly see it. There was Tina Turner, there was Otis Redding visiting these little clubs here. People who later would become world renowned and extremely, and this was like before they were these world renowned artists. So it's just amazing to take these images and go, this all happened here in Montgomery, Alabama. But it's also a look at you know, black mid-century life in Montgomery that has another narrative outside of the civil rights movement. So what were these people doing on their leisure time on a Saturday night? What were they doing when they were in the beauty shop or the barber shop? Like there's these really image, great images of just people doing mundane everyday things that fueled the civil rights movement but it wasn't the only component of their lives. So it gives breadth to the, the normative, enormous capacity of black existence and survival and perseverance and just fun and the freedom of expression in these very contained spaces like the church, like the club, the Elks Club and the Lakos Club. And, and we're talking about is it possible for a city that has the history of 
as rich as Montgomery, of the home of the Civil Rights Movement, who has the history of enslavement that came up the Alabama River. And then it, it has Rosa Parks <laughs> Museum here, and now has this new lynching monument, a memorial, and museum with the EJI. Is it possible for that city to move beyond those things and thinking about the mundane existence of black life, the people who were not featured in those powerful movements, the people who were not Martin Luther King or Rosa Parks, the, as they say in Selma, the foot soldiers, the everyday people. Is it possible for us to move beyond that when those are the things that are monetizing their economical things to become tourist attractions? Is it possible for us to not get into a trap of becoming a museum of a city and be able to be a place where, yes, that did happen, but there's so much more that happened as well? Yeah, I think what happens when you think about perseverance as a monument, and particularly perseverance with black life in the South and in Montgomery, what, what could that look like? And so these dances, or these, yeah, dances we'll call them, these, these interventions we like to say that we're making are really about trying to find this joy like trying to find black joy in, inside of the movement ideas, but not to leave out any aspect because it's like joy and pain are like sunshine and rain, as Frankie Beverly and May says. You know, and they're like, they're like two sides of the same coin. You can't, you can have one, but a whole lot of joy all the time. I mean, I don't even know what that would be like. Just joy, 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 and more joy. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what that is, but because the, the reality of it is that we live in a human, we live in a functioning body, an organism that has some pain. My knee is killing me right now as a result, <laughs> but you know, I'm okay, I'm gonna get through this, you know, so um, yeah. But I think it's, it's important too for those who see your work to talk about it. And I know that you always include that as a part of the experience. And I have seen firsthand how people connect with your work and they know immediately what your work is about because you know of those connections that you've built to their stories and to their narratives i also think it is a way to bring community together and by that i mean all people in montgomery i think that if they can experience the impact of your work and hear people's stories in the audience of how that work has touched their lives. We learn so much from each other because we sit down to have a conversation with each other. And sometimes that happens over food, you know, but I've seen it happen over your work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the, the lessons that you talk about how to move forward well you're pointing a way to move forward through the work that you're doing and how you're connecting to people and then how other people who may not understand those connections can learn more about why that is so meaningful to people and then we start relating to each other's people 
and not this group or that group. Um, so that's what I find so valuable about your work. Can you talk a little bit about what happened just recently with your performance here at the end of phase two? Yes. So Saturday night we performed um, at the Juliet Hampton Memorial Library here in Montgomery, Alabama. And we showed some excerpts of what we will be doing in phase three. But we also did a film screening of our film, We Dance. And we also performed the performative component that goes with the screening of the film as well. And that was a performance that we dropped into the library and reimagined the hallway of the second floor library where we put projections in the environment and the dancers performed two duets and we had the audience in close proximity of the dancers which we love because it gives the audience the opportunity to really engage viscerally with the dancers and so after they witnessed the two duets. Then they moved into the global room where we screened our film, We Dance, and then Thaddeus and I performed our duet. And We Dance is a film that um, the Southern Foodways Alliance commissioned in 2019. Yeah. yeah. And so that's a film that we made about our family, foodways, migration our relationships to food. As we moved through our dance career, it completely changed from the way we grew up eating and the way we entered our professional dance careers where we had to start eating differently, but also those specific foods that we remembered our families making. My family pound cake, Thaddeus' family sweet potato pie, and the people who made them, which was my grandmother and Thaddeus' mom, and how that was just such a central component to community making, to our ancestral links to migration and food and communing with food. And it's really about how can we fold in, I think, the, you know, from us beginning our relationship with Alabama Dance Council with the engaging dance audiences from that some five years ago to Migratus Adoraxia to where we are now with the Monument Project to what we just premiered on Saturday night. How do we fold back into our existence as humans? So how do we transform spaces? Like people I think of dance as being something that has always existed, but the trouble that we've had is with the idea of concert dance. And what does concert dance mean? Well, does that mean you're dancing behind a singer? No, that means that you go to the theater to see dance as the single, the central focus. But dance as a central focus is a young thing in the theater. So that means that we need to have dance in spaces that are not maybe intimidating like a, going to see a dance concert where maybe you don't know when to applaud. Maybe if you scream out, someone will go, shh, all those sorts of things. And so the idea of putting dance in libraries, putting dance in open space, it's nothing new, 
But somewhere we got far away from the idea of dance could be any and everywhere. And so as we think about folding in and being here and performing just this past Saturday night, the amazing thing was, was that we could say, this is a cocktail attire event. So to see people come to a performance and kind of dress up. To outside of the theater. Outside of the theater, just to be in the library. Yeah. You got dressed up to go to the library. Like how amazing is that? And how it changes how people are interacting with each other. Not that you're like in black tie or anything, but just like to put on a nice men, a nice shirt, a nice top, a nice dress. Like just to get a sense of I'm going to a space to do something, to see something, and I'm excited about it. And then it changes maybe how you think about what the library could be, that it's a community space. And maybe we need to shift these traditions of what these buildings meant at one point. Tanya and I talk a lot, and we look a lot at architecture, because we love the idea of architecture. And so how do we remodel, how do we assist in the rebuilding or the redeveloping of a city like Montgomery, or all, most southern cities? How do we reimagine them? in new ways. So dance plays a part of being in the conversation as things develop, which is what's important to us. Well, let's talk a little bit about, because I'm, uh, you know, I know there are people out there who want to come and see what you're doing. So if, if we want to talk about uh, phase three and what you have planned and how people can, can find out more. So in phase three, Wideman Davis Dance will be performing late March, early April, and also the fellowships, um, fellowship artists will be presenting their work during that time period as well. And you can go on the Wideman Davis Dance website and you can become a part of the newsletter. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Well, we're looking forward to uh, your coming back and starting your work again in February and uh, working with these wonderful artists. So thank you so much for talking to me about your work here in Alabama. We're so glad you're here in Alabama. We want to keep you in Alabama. <laughs> so uh, we'll work on that over the next two years. So thanks again for, for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Alabama Arts comes to you from the Alabama State Council on the Arts and the Alabama Center for Traditional Culture. Technical production by Deb Boykin. Series theme music, The Bounds of Beauty, written and performed by Scooter Muse. This week on Alabama Arts, Rosemary Johnson talks with Tanya Weidman Davis and Thaddeus Davis of the Weidman Davis Dance Company about their work with the community using archival photographs to spark the process. What we are interested in doing is to make a work or make a showing that's about monuments, but to make work in the context of having a conversations about monuments. That's Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central on Troy Public Radio.
Tonight on Alabama Arts, Rosemary Johnson talks with Tanya Weidman-Davis and Thaddeus Davis of the Weidman-Davis Dance Company about their work with the community to create performances based on everyday black life in Montgomery, using archival photographs to spark the process. Not to make a work or make a showing that's about monuments, but to make work in the context of having a conversations about monuments, so that the conversation will influence you to make something, and hopefully it'll be in the direction of the conversations that we've had. And the fellowship artists are looking at all of the research that we're looking at, Weidman Davis Dance is looking at. So we're all tangling with this pool of information and what comes out of it, we don't know, in these multiple mediums of artistic uh, imagination. But first, the news.